0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Panthers,
1: the the uh, ripple effects of cut down day still being felt all over the NFL. Guys being waived, picked up, claimed, put on the practice squad. And one of the more interesting sagas over the last 72 hours... Matt Corral of the Carolina Panthers, formerly now of the New England Patriots. So the way it went is uh, Tuesday was cut down day. At 4 o'clock, the Panthers had to be down to 53 people on their roster. Corral was on the 53-man roster originally. The Panthers then claimed three players off of waivers on Wednesday, and to make room for them, they cut Matt Corral. Then... Scott Fitterer, the GM, uh, explained the decision to waive Corral and some of the other roster moves here.
0: You know, it's a tough decision. You know, I, I like Matt as a person. I, you know, anytime you have a guy that you take and bring in, you're developing, you see progress, it's tough. But you're just trying to keep your, your best 53. So, And really, I tell you what, over the last you know, couple days we've been going through this process with the coaching staff, What's the fit? And really, the big change started last year when we hired Frank. He put the staff together, free agency, the draft. We're all getting on the same page. And, you know, we had to turn the page uh, to get to players that fit our scheme. And, you know, probably more defensively this year, that affects a lot of those guys just going from 4 3 to 3 4, even though there's some carryover in there. Um, It's important to make the right decisions. And, you know, it, it really doesn't matter how the guys get here. It's just like, who's the best fit for the team? Who can help us win? That's all we're focused on.
1: Matt Corral was let go, put on the waivers, put him re- released, cut, whatever you want to say. And the Patriots picked him up. The Patriots claimed him off waivers. Now, this gets more and more interesting the more and more you look at it because the the, the Panthers and the Patriots really did a little okey-doke over the last couple of years to make this happen. Here's here's what I mean by that. Uh, I believe the Panthers would have kept Matt Corral on the roster if Bailey Zappi wasn't released by the Patriots and then went through waivers unclaimed. So then the Patriots were able to add Zappi to their practice squad because he went unclaimed. So the Panthers were like, well, we need a roster spot here. And if they didn't claim – if nobody out there claimed Zappi and he played in games and played well – then I'm sure we can wave, uh, we can release Corral. He'll flow through waivers unclaimed, then we can grab him and put him on our practice squad. The only thing that they didn't uh, consider is that maybe the Patriots wanted Corral instead of Zappi, so they went ahead and claimed Corral. But here's where it gets more interesting. Trading up to draft Corral a uh, a couple of drafts ago, the Panthers traded up with... The New England Patriots, giving them a third and a fourth to go up and get Matt Corral, which becomes more interesting when you recognize that the fourth-round pick they gave the Patriots turned into Bailey Zappi. Interesting. So, So why would the Panthers think that the Patriots wanted Corral when they literally gave up the opportunity to draft Corral to the Panthers in that draft and then use that pick to draft Bailey Zappi. So basically, Zappi, Corral, Carolina, and the Patriots are in some weird love quadrant quadrangle. That's that's square, I guess. Triangle? Quadrangle, quadrilateral? Quadrilateral. Quadrangle? I'm making up words over here. I'm not a geometry teacher. Uh but but the fact of the matter is Corral's on the Patriots. So uh the Panthers are rolling with Bryce Young. Most important. Andy Dalton significantly less important, but there, they still need to get somebody on their practice squad as I agree. a quarterback, though. And there's there's a couple interesting options out there. We'll maybe talk about them a little bit later on. But uh, I actually think Andy Dalton is mostly there as a mentor anyway, as much as he is a backup. Uh, so so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to not have somebody on their practice squad. But uh, the other thing is. Uh, a lot of the other quarterbacks that were waived in that initial round have already made their way back on to practice squads like Zappi, like Malik Cunningham, like Max Duggan, uh, a, a few other guys that have been been cut and put back on practice squads. So pickings might be a little bit slimmer than they would have if they did it earlier. They, they you know took the risk, and they they got a little uh, burnt. By the way, also, Stephen Sullivan, a tight end, put on IR. So we were very confused as to why they were keeping five Tight ends, they may have known that Sullivan was going on IR, so now only four count against their roster. Sometimes the most logical answer is right under your nose.
0: But they did it after the 53 man cut down, therefore they can bring him back during the season off of IR. So it's not season yeah, it's, ending it's, for
1: him. Yeah, it's four days. Yep. Uh, or, sorry, not four days. Four games mm-hmm. he won't be allowed to play. He can come back w- before game number five.
0: Score with the Jim Allen group at the jagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.
1: Uh, number four,
0: we are the four horsemen. Woo.
1: The college, which hall of it's the college basketball hall of fame, right? Uh, quite a few local ties going into the hall of fame. There's so many different hall of fames. Uh, Coach K, Johnny Dawkins, and Tyler Hansborough all went into the hall of fame on the same night last night. Uh, let's hear from Coach K on conference realignment and the lack of leadership. Because he took his own celebration, a chance to look back at the college game that he once dominated, and give some advice. There's no leadership, and uh, and, and with all the
0: uh, the conferences changing, and that I mean the world has really changed in these last two years, and it it begs for
1: leadership, and uh, even the. We used to have it from the conference commissioners, yeah. and but they're all competing against one another. Leadership, leadership. It's funny how you value the things that that you spent like. Like he's a coach. Of course, he thinks it's leadership. That's what coach, coaches think. Leadership solves everything because it's what they do. Right. That's like asking. Uh, Tyreek Hill, what the Bills are missing, and he's like, "Speed, they need speed." That's well, what you bring to the table. Uh, it's, it's. I agree, they need leadership, but I think they need a lot of other things also. Yeah, money, mostly. Money.
0: A lot of that floating around.
1: Better contracts. Uh, College basketball Hall of Fame, though. I mentioned it was Coach K, it was Johnny Dawkins, it was Tyler Hansbrough. Uh, Which is really like just eras jumbled all up in -hmm. in ACC and triangle basketball. Uh, Compared to Johnny Dawkins. First of all, Johnny Dawkins should have been in a long time ago, right? Yeah, I don't know what
0: the selection process is like.
1: Neither do I, but Hansborough, I mean, both of them, I believe, held ACC records when they graduated and a whole bunch of them. And Hansborough gets in, you know, I have to imagine he's twenty. 25 years younger than than Johnny Dawkins just seems like all three are obviously wildly deserving of getting in just seems like the the timing is a little off um however congratulations to them all they're all foundational members of some of the biggest and and baddest programs in college basketball I think Hansborough was a little little bummed that like two Duke guys were going in when he was going in
0: of course they had to put them all together.
1: You think he couldn't have been like, couldn't Roy get in this year? Like, couldn't we? Yeah, player coach. Couldn't, couldn't we make it two-on-two two at least? Like, Because, he? I mean, have you ever watched, like, the NFL speeches and stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, whichever, because they do the Hall of Fame game also, which usually are two teams that two of the Hall of Famers played for. Like, this year when Revis or Klecko went up, all the Jets fans went nuts. Like I'm sure the fan base was skewed Duke because there were two of them. Hansborough walked up there to give a speech. What are they going to do? Like little little golf claps, just mm, respect. That's all they could do, right? They couldn't go nuts for Hansborough. Been funny if they booed him. Would have been appropriate. I think it would have been great. I'm big on that too. Yeah. Like uh, keep that same energy. Yeah, I didn't. When people go on retirement tours, which I hate. When you know Jeter did it, Kobe did it, Coach K did it, uh, Big Poppy did it, Dwayne Wade did it where they tell everybody they're retiring after this year, and then they they go on the whole retirement tour. When your rival is like, oh, respect, and stands up and clapped, I, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I spent, for in many of those cases, 20 years, if not significantly longer, trying to rip your throats out. This is your last chance to boo me, and you're going to clap? I hate that, with a fiery passion. Don't give me some regional gift Right, Derek Jeter getting a, a guitar from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the last time he plays in Cleveland. Don't give me that. Give me boos. I don't want a, a guitar. It's very frustrating to me. So I would have liked it if like those supporting Hansborough when Dawkins walked up, booed him, and and vice versa. It would have been appropriate. Like I'm so good that you still don't like me is a compliment because you know who they the the Duke fans wouldn't boo whoever was the backup point guard on those teams Hansborough played with because they'd be like, yeah, yeah, that guy. But Hansborough's still getting booed. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get off my basketball conversation. Let's get back to football number three.
0: One, two, three.
1: Florida at Utah tonight. This one is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we just talked with Chad Brown about it. He's going to be on the call. You can hear Florida at Utah tonight right here on 99.9 The Fan. Uh I have a stat here from Brett McMurphy. Okay. Tonight's game, Florida's game at Utah, is the Gators' first non-conference road game outside of the state of Florida in 11,667 days. The last time they played a non-conference game outside of Florida, Kirby Dardar, a Tampa... Who? (laughs) Who? Kirby Dardar. And I hope I, it could be. Nah, I think that's the only way to pronounce it. Okay. Kirby, last name D A R space D A R. We'll roll with it. Dar Dar, a Tampa, Florida product, returned the opening kick for Syracuse. It was played at Syracuse. Huh. And Syracuse beat Florida 38 21. Go ACC. So, in the. Yeah, go ACC. This was not an ACC game. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, So, over the last 12,000 days. The Florida Gators have lost every non-conference road game outside of Florida. Can they, can Utah keep it alive? Uh, Now that's uh, one of those stats that your first reaction is like, oh, Florida, anytime, anywhere, right? They never go anywhere until you recognize they play Florida State every year in a non-conference game. And every other year it's on the road. It's just in Tallahassee, which is still in Florida. Like, they don't necessarily have an easy schedule. They don't run away from challenges. It's just they don't very often leave the state of Florida for non-conference. With that being said, the quarterbacks are fascinating in this. If you would have put Florida – or you did put Florida-Utah together last year, it was Cam Rising and Anthony Richardson. Mm -hmm. That's like superstar stuff, right? Anthony Richardson is is wild, and Cam Rising is wildly magnetic, right? You watch a game, you just want to root for him. Tough, right? Is I feel like he's the guy who his helmet gets knocked off and then he runs for another fifteen yards, like lowering his shoulder. And then the refs say that's illegal. The ball goes back to where your helmet fell off. And he's like, I did it to get the crowd involved. It was it was <laughs> it was a move, right? Uh neither of them are gonna play in this game. Cam rising still recovering from his ACL tear at the end of last season in the bowl game, and Anthony Richardson is uh, was just named captain of the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Oh, good for him. Uh,
1: so you get Graham Mertz, who was supposed to be the savior for Wisconsin. Oh uh, yes. Transfers to Florida, named the starter. And you get Bryson Barnes, who is kind of the safe option of the backups for Utah. But as you heard uh, Chad Brown tell us not long ago, if you've been listening for uh, the last half hour or so, um, they have Nate Johnson, a, tr- uh, a freshman quarterback that's going to be maybe given packages of the playbook who Chad said might be the fastest guy on Yukon Yukon U- 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 Utah's roster. I like the idea of just you randomly might put a track star in a quarterback a few yeah. times to run against an SEC defense. Like that's that's just exciting to me. Uh it'll be a defensive game. That's what I think it will be because both of these teams kind of build and play that style of football, but uh but still you can hear it right here on 999 the Fan uh, and we look forward to you doing so. A game with more local ties is number two. Just two. Elon at Wake tonight. Two Carol- uh, North Carolina teams. Wake Forest hosting. Wake Forest with the sellout. Yeah. To quote Dave Klaassen, their head coach, starting to sell out because of us, not because of who we're playing. Big step for Wake. Also... uh Big step for Mitch Griffiths, right? Was small step for Mitch Griffiths, big step for Wake Forest. <laughs> if if we're we're talking astronauts here, uh, I think I think Mitch Griffiths just for the sake of narrative, as he takes over for Sam Hartman after Sam Hartman had such a, a efficient, kind of easily hypeable game for for Notre Dame last week against Navy. It'd be nice if Mitch can put together a similar stat line. Now, I would actually say Sam Hartman. Was not as otherworldly as everyone made him out to be. He kind of made the throws he's supposed to make for the most part. Missed a couple touchdowns, but still found a way uh, to to you know what was it four touchdowns, no interceptions. Like he did what he was supposed to do. I think Mitch can do that against a team like Elon if Wake Forest lets him. If they they you know gun a little bit and you know, try to try to find the 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 touchdown passes when they're down on the goal line and, and such. I think that would help just and we're just talking narratives here we're just talking who has to answer questions who has to be in a good mood bad mood after the game I think wake should should consider uh doing what they can to get Mitch a nice little stat game everybody has stat games by the way
0: yeah it's a confidence builder it's
1: a kind like when when you play the team that you know you're gonna blow out mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they do about Elon this is now in general big picture in college sports the coaches will tell the starters, like, hey, we we want to get you in, take care of business, get you out. And they'll tell the backups, like, stay ready. You might get an opportunity. Oh, yeah. But the starters still beg for, like, one more series. Oh, yeah. Because they want those stats. So I would expect Wake, if they get in a situation where they're head by a bunch, maybe the starters don't have to beg as much. They're like, no, we're going to leave Mitch in. We want to get him four touchdowns because we saw what that other guy did that used to play here. Narrative storylines they notice just like in the nfl right coaches like we don't care about stats but if they like a guy and he's one touchdown short of getting a big incentive he gets like 500 grand if he gets 10 touchdowns goes into the final game with nine they make sure he gets 10 oh yeah like like, oh we don't care about individuals yeah you do get near that goal line every play is going to you exactly you're at least gonna be the number one option uh same is true like if if Mitch Griffiths is being measured against Sam Hartman mm-hmm. and they have the chance to get him the same touchdown passes or whatever it is. They, they might leave him in for a drive or two is all I'm saying. Storylines, individuals, they matter.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: And, of course, number one. The one! Number one on the starting five. Starting five brought to you by Window Nation. NC State at UConn tonight. NC State at UConn tonight. This is This one's interesting uh for a multitude of reasons and we've talked about a bunch of them uh but one of them is do you think the goal for state is this year balance balance last season the team was heavily skewed towards being a dominant defense and also an offense that's trying to hold on and part of that is because they they due to injuries and, and everything else they just had a different quarterback seemingly every week but uh but the defense was dominant, and then the offense was trying to hold on. And that's a, that's a dynamic that you don't love, right? That's a dynamic as a coach where locker room rifts can happen. That's a dynamic where you, you don't live up to the potential of your defense because they have to carry the offense. You just want bounce, even on offense. Last year, middle of the pack passing the ball and, and near the bottom of the pack running the ball. Sure, you want the, the passing game to get better and more efficient, but you need the running game to get better and, and to get more efficient. Right? That, that's all about balance. And, and then, you know, you get into this wheel of success where running the ball makes it better and better and better to run play action and pass the ball, which makes it better and better and better to run the ball. And then they're collapsing and you're beating them deep and then they're expanding and you're beating them in the middle. And it just, it all happens that way. So so I think the goal for NC State this year is about balance. Now, part of that is Robert and I's offense and Brennan Armstrong need to outplay uh, the, the offense from a season ago. And the defense needs to continue playing or or do their best to continue playing at the high level they've they've established in the past. And that's Tony Gibson, and that's Peyton Wilson, and that's Devin Van and Aiden White. And you could go on and on and 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 Betty and Scott and you can go on and on down this whole list. But it, it's it's crucial to me that you like there's a difference between having an identity and and being known as like a one trick pony. Right. You can be known as a defense first, gritty, blue collar, grinding team, and then also have a good offense. Or you can be known as a team where it's like, hey, you know what? Their their defense is pretty tough, but at least you get, you know, you get to face their offense as well. And and, and again, it's not that obvious. And last year there were a whole bunch of reasons for it, and the quarterback shuffle was one of them. Uh, but I guess then the the lesson would be uh, you know, keep Brennan Armstrong healthy. Right, protect him. Uh, I know he's got a, a little bit of wheels. I know he's got a little bit of uh, running ability that surprised Dave Dorn in the spring. But uh, don't overuse it if you don't have to. Right, get 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 him downfield, get him out of bounds, get him sliding, doing those sorts of things. Protecting yourself matters. Um, and then of the 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 other thing that's involved in this UConn game, Notre Dame is on the schedule next the next game. But do your best to not let that cloud your vision at all. I don't believe that you can, you know, coaches will tell you one day at a time, be where your feet are, right, what's important now. They all have their way of saying it. You can't avoid the fact that Notre Dame is coming to Raleigh next week, right? It's it's a very, very big game. It's a very, very, you know, you're going to have friends and family that are hitting you up for, t- like, everybody's excited about that game. You're not going to be able to put it out of your brain completely. Just like when players say, like, oh, I never read anything that anyone says about me. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I get it. You're going to say you don't, so then you don't have to answer about it, but you read it. And, and you're going to say, oh, we are not thinking about Notre Dame at all this week. It's all about UConn. But you're thinking about them a little bit. It's just natural.
0: You've thought about it. Yeah.
1: You've circled games on your schedule. It's, it, it's happened. Um, but I, I kind of look at it like this. If you lose this week, next week's way less of a big deal. So take care of business this week, and mm-hmm. next week gets to be all the fun and all the hype and all the, the pomp and circumstance that, that you hope it is, that, that college football is so great at. College football is really, really good at making the big things feel big. They're, it's really, really good at making the, the big games events. So just make sure that you don't take any air out of the balloon before that week gets there by taking care of business against UConn, right? Pair them together in your brain, which is uh, exactly what you should be doing. It's, it's, you know, it's all about making, uh, or, uh, yeah, not letting the air out of the balloon, making the big things feel big.
0: You know what else? Keep we- the main thing, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile